The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and the iHeart app and have these locally made podcasts come right to you. Well, everybody, here we go. Another week is upon us. And Talk of the Town back with you again as we work our way through July. As always, we've got a bunch of little nuggets to get to you as we are in the summer month. But I hope everybody is enjoying their summer season. I know a number of you were out at Country Jam over the weekend, and we will be talking about Country Jam coming up on this program, more about the future of Country Jam. We'll be discussing that and some other things. But if you were not at Country Jam, maybe at a ball game, maybe you were up north at a cabin somewhere, maybe you were down south somewhere, but hopefully you are enjoying yourself as we move along. And this is where we're going to start today's program because something a lot of people do during the summer is they head to Carson Park and perhaps go to one of the two museums at Carson Park. And if you don't go in the summer, a number of people go in the winter, very popular amongst the schools, and I do believe the field trips will again be returning in earnest this coming school year. Uh, the Chippewa Valley Museum and the Wisconsin Logging Museum. The, log the Logging Museum is where the big Paul Bunyan statue is located. Well, those two places in the news this week because they have announced plans to merge together. Their two boards have agreed to combine the efforts together going forward. There are there are still plenty of details to work out. I think they're still going to look and see what umbrella they're going to fall under, what the leadership will be, what the model will be. There are still plenty of things that they have to do. It's it's like agreeing to, it's like agreeing to get together, but you still have to decide where you're going to eat, at what time, maybe even what the actual day is going to be. However, plans now in place to merge those two museums together. And and we will spare the conversation of the idea that I think a number of people already thought the two were one and the same because <laughs> they're so close together. We've talked about that on the program before. Uh, the 
the logging museum recently changed its name anyway. And I forget what they were before. I forget what they were before. Because uh, I'm more familiar with the Chippewa Valley Museum. And I do think that whatever name is decided is likely going to have more of the Chippewa Valley Museum branding with it anyway. But you're going to have these two museums combined together. Their efforts, their staffing. No doubt the, the, the marketing of them. And, and it only makes sense. The two are side by side. They literally do bleed into one another. Their backyards bleed into one another. And the, the, the parcels of land and the schoolhouse building and some of the old, other older buildings that the logging museum has and the museum has all come together. Uh, it, again, it only makes sense for them to do this. And you look at what Carson Park is going to be in 15 to 20 years. Changes are coming with the master plan. And whether it's exactly as it is envisioned right now or it is some sort of hybrid of it, time will tell. But this is a good idea for both of these sides to combine forces. They were never really in competition with one another. But now you're able to combine forces, combine your marketing, probably fall under one one name. I don't think you're going to see the logging museum close, that, that building close. And obviously the Chippewa Valley Museum is not going to shutter its doors and, and try to squeeze everything over into the logging museum. So again, it only makes sense that you, you have this happen. And a good reminder for a lot of people out there, if you have not been to the museums in a while... And by what I mean a while, a year or two or longer, head on over. It's a good time. I, I, we, took our, we took our kids, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, probably, I think it was the summer before COVID took the kids over on a Friday. I think it was. I took them, took them over on a Friday afternoon they walked around and enjoyed themselves and there were things to look at and i think it was really cool it's something to go check out and it's not about if you're going to sit there and say especially since we're talking about the the logging museum if you're going to sit there and say well i already know that there, there were lumber barons in the area what other history is there well we haven't been to the logging museum and that's something we have to get to but I know from the Chippewa Valley Museum perspective, it's not just about, all right, there were Native Americans here, then there was logging, and then the Pablo Center was built. It's, it's, it's not just that. It's a lot of old photos of downtown Eau Claire. It's a lot of uh, artifacts of life in the 30s and 40s and 50s. It's a, I think it's a, I think it takes about an hour to get through that museum in a good way. There, there's stuff from Uniroyal that's over there. I, again, if you haven't been there at all, you got to get there. If you haven't been there in at least a couple of years, you have to get back there. And it's really inexpensive. I think it's not even, there's not even an official charge. Though they ask for you know, a few bucks here. 
So it's inexpensive. It's air conditioned. It's very comfortable in there, in the museum. Uh, they don't pay for advertising. Lord knows they don't pay for advertising. Uh, they get a lot of free advertising as people like me talk about them and say you should go. Uh, but again, this opportunity to remind everybody, head on over to the museums. Because uh, when you go out of town, a lot of people go out of town and they'll go to a museum. You'll head over to the Twin Cities and at the, the great museums they have there or down in Chicago or if you've been to Washington and the Smithsonian, and those are all cool. You've gone to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Country Music Hall of Fame. Here's something right in your own town to go check out. Uh, speaking of things to check out in the area, as we know, Country Jam was over the weekend, and now all eyes are on next year, and Country Jam fully expects to be on their new plot of land, in the town of Wheaton that's been getting all the approvals that are necessary for them to go forward. Well, last night, Monday night, at the Eau Claire City Council meeting, you did have neighbors speak out against the move of Country Jam. So we do have a NIMBY alert. We have a NIMBY alert, not in my backyard alert, as these neighbors spoke at the City Council speaking against Country Jam moving to the town of Wheaton, moving onto that plot of land in a rather rural area. Now, this is different than the town of Washington debate. It's much, much different than that debate and that NIMBY alert. Because that's about a residential development that is 100% necessary for the growth of the area. It is necessary. We need it. Where are you, if you put a residential spot anywhere, people are going to complain. We have to figure out how we can expand the physical footprint of the area. That's a different NIMBY alert, though again, I think the residents there in the town of Washington are warranted in their, in their complaints. Not only are they warranted, but hey, we have to figure out, hey, what kind of concessions can be made. It should not happen, but what concessions can be made? Oh, as an aside note, yes, I did see last week the town of Washington is suing the city of Eau Claire for the annexation and all of that. We'll see where that goes. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, and I think it's barking. I think it literally is howling at the moon, the town of Washington, but we'll see. But this is different. The, the, these neighbors speaking out over the over country jam moving onto that plot of land is a little different doesn't mean it should not happen but again we should have we should listen to their complaints and what can we do to acquiesce to some requests that they have that i think are very much valid because this is different putting a new residential development in is one thing Putting something like this into a neighborhood, well, not really a neighborhood, but into an area, is different. This is more like putting a sports stadium or a mall into an area. It does 100% change what that area is. It's not 
necessarily about residential anymore. It's not about adding more houses anymore. You're adding something completely different into the equation. It is like having a slice of pizza and putting a little hot sauce on it. It does change everything. It may accentuate things, but it could also be a little painful at times. So I understand the concerns that people have, especially with the noise, because this is going to be loud with the music. It's not as loud as people tend to think it is. Noise doesn't travel as much as, as people tend to think, unless it's an auto track. An auto track it can carry for miles. I remember growing up in upstate New York, we would sometimes hear the sound of the racetrack from about 10 miles away, a dirt track. It was ridiculous, regardless though of that. When it comes to the noise, understanding the concerns with the noise, I do think that's something that has to be considered. And there's already been considerations in place where the stages will face is one. But you did have a couple of neighbors on Monday night suggest putting tall walls up like you have around highways. And I don't think that's an idea that should be poo-pooed. That may be one of those things. Yeah, yeah, it costs money. How good is it going? How what what difference is it going to make? Well, well, you know, we'll have to see. And it also may be, you know, you'll, you'll put the tall wall up and then somebody's going to complain that it's a, a physical eyesore. So you have that issue. But if that's something that a lot of neighbors want, I think that's something to strongly consider it. Who's going to pay for it? Yeah, you got to maybe charge Country Jam or the city has to pay for it because you are going into this neighborhood. They didn't ask for you. And maybe you can bully your way in there. But that's not the right way to do it. Acquiesce and give in some concessions. So if they want tall walls and would feel better about the sound with tall walls, I think that's something that should strongly be looked at. Another real concern is Highway T is not built for the type of traffic you will get. Of course, the last two decades, three decades, the traffic around where Country Jam currently, the, the street or the street where Country Jam currently is, and quite frankly where the Blue Ox Festival has been, was also not built for this type of traffic. And people have just learned to live with it. But this is different. People learn to live with where it currently was. Now you're gonna be you're gonna be thinking again about the traffic with it going to a new spot. You just dealt with it before now it's going to a new spot i think that's something to think about highway t as it's built right now is not built for this type of traffic arguably though you have some better tributaries or main arteries more like it especially with uh, the, the 253s that make a big difference you're closer to major thoroughfares than you were at the current location i think that's going to be a difference maker. However, again, it's a real concern. Do you need to add more to Highway T? Do you need to add some extra lanes, especially near where Country Jam is going to be? 
turn lanes, wider shoulders, curbing. Do you have to do that sort of thing? I think that's a real concern. In the end, I do think the government needs to really think about these things with this. Now, the project should 100% go forward. I'm not saying that any of this should all of a sudden torpedo the Country Jam proposal. By no means. Country Jam next year will go off at this new location. It'll be its location for decades to come, and they've got great plans for it. But I do think necessary concessions need to be made. And, of course, you're not going to make the neighbors happy in some cases, even if you give in to every demand that they have. And that's fine. That's not who you're trying to appease. You're not trying to appease the person that does not want to be appeased. They just want to keep trying to figure out a way to take air out of the tires. That's, that's, not, you know, that's not what your goal is. What your goal is, though, is that with these current people that live there, they are setting the foundation. They're setting the ground rules. And then subsequent generations that move into that area, they're moving in knowing Country Jam is there. But the people that currently live there need to help to set the ground rules. They need to help to set the ground rules. Because you're bring, you, know, you, are, you, are the, you are the new one into that area. And again, just I think we just need to work. Uh, I would argue this. As I did have somebody tell me, they said, you know, why are these people complaining? It's just one weekend and all of these other events that Country Jam plans to bring there. None of them are going to be nearly as big as Country Jam. I would argue that in some ways, a one weekend festival to a area is more damaging for that very reason. Because people think, well, it's just one weekend. So we can get by. Why would we make any concessions for one weekend? And I and I always go and I say, you yeah, know, that makes sense. And that's a good argument if you're not living there. If you're not living there. I mean, I suppose people can the these these neighbors, if first off, if they don't if they like Country Jam, they can just go camp out at Country Jam like everybody else. If they don't like country music and don't like festivals, and I'm not a big festival guy myself, then maybe that's the weekend they go out of town. I get it. I understand it. It's something people in a lot of resort towns do. If there's a big event in a resort town people and people live there year-round, they go, hey, this is the weekend. I, I bail for the weekend. I get that. But that's a dangerous way of thinking, and that's not a good way you know, you're just setting up fights is what you're doing. Again, projects should go forward. Nothing should stop that project. But I do think, thinking, hey, what do we have to do to Highway T? Do you have to consider tall walls? I think that's a strong consideration, the tall walls. We'll have to see. A uh, couple of good positive stories in the area. Uh, Eau Claire Legion Baseball is back in the state tournament, so good for them. Uh, about four or five years ago, the, the Legion Baseball team made this run uh, deep into the postseason tournament. Uh, got all the way to Ohio. I think they were a couple wins shy of getting to the, the ultimate championship 
tournament level, the, the American Legion World Series. Good for them. Best of luck to Oakware Legion Baseball. And then I saw this story, and I think it's a cool thing. So we all have old electronics, old TVs, appliances, even smaller things like computers. And what do we tend to do? Now we chuck them in the trash, especially computers. Well, that's that's not good. That's not healthy for the environment. We're constantly told you're not supposed to be just throwing away your stuff, your, your appliances. Many times, what do people do with their appliances? You, you put them by the curb. You hope, you hope somebody else takes them. But eventually, these things just run out of a, of a lifespan. So a cool thing, first choice recycling is offering free electronic recycling to Eau Claire County residents for the remainder of 2022. Computers, appliances, old TVs, etc. First choice recycling, you can recycle it for free to them. Uh, the Eau Claire County is reimbursing. Now, this is why is this free? It's not out of the kindness of First Choice Recycling's heart. The county is basically paying for it. So if you live in Eau Claire County, take full advantage of this because you're already paying for it. I know I'm already thinking about it. We're already paying for it. It's not a debate. It's not anything like that. We're already, we're already paying for it uh, for this recycling. So take advantage of it. The county is reimbursing First Choice for the remainder of 2022. Now, they're using money raised from a clean sweep program in May. And I'm, I, I was trying to remember what that was. I don't remember what that was or where that money is. Uh, they, maybe they've got some type of grant, the county. So it's not technically your tax dollars going towards this. I don't want to make it sound like that. That, that. that is definitely not what this is. But again, the county is paying for it. Take full advantage of it. And the county's already trying to figure out a way to extend this into 2023. Love it. Take advantage of it. If you if you have old electronics, and yet they're just sitting there. And I've got a couple that are just in the in the Montesano mansion, and they're just sitting there. Old laptops that you know you're never going to use again. You've long since pulled stuff off of the laptop. It's not. It's barely usable anymore. If you turn it on. It's like trying to nudge an old man awake in a recliner. It'll take forever. And eventually, once it comes on, it's workable again. But, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good idea. And uh, the Oakland County Fair is going on this weekend. Uh, some of you, I know, will take full advantage of it. We have discussed on this program before the fair, the county fair, uh, back in the day when we used to do a lot more interviews on this program, we had people from the fair on. And as an aside, remember, we have plenty of interviews on all of our other programs, which is why we don't do the interviews anymore. Uh, but... We've, I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. The, the Oak Creek County Fair doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't hold it against them. Yeah, it, it, first off, I'm not a fair guy. So I, my negativity towards it, it basically does not count. <laughs> my opinion does not count. I'm not a fair guy. If they had a midway and they had a big food area 
and all of that. Would that bring me over to the fair, which is about two miles from my house? Probably still not. But I do know for a number of you, that is a reason you stay away from the county fair, the Oakhurst County Fair. You, you, it doesn't have the the fair things that you think of as a fair, though the thing that the Oakhurst County Fair really grasps onto is the idea that it is a true agricultural fair. So a lot of animals there, a lot of uh, farming type competitions, bake bake offs stuff like that and they are very prideful of it i th there are other reasons why they don't bring in a midway and 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 food and, and a lot of food vendors a lot of it has to do with cost they're keeping the fair smaller with where they're located and i think that's fine They would also argue, I remember this before, they would argue that there's all the other county fairs that are in the, the region, plus you've got the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. That takes care of a lot of the things like a grandstand and having the, the, the midway uh, for that. But again, the Oakhurst County Fair is going on. And, and I think the gist of what I'm trying to say is this. If, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If it is for you, and you are somebody that likes the more traditional what a fair was 150 years ago, and many would claim that's still what a fair should be the crutch of, not fried food and getting cookies like they have over in Minnesota, then go and support this fair. Go and support it. Because if it gets the support and is a big deal, then it will stay the way it is. But if it doesn't get the support, then one of two things will happen. It'll either go away, and that would be the more likely outcome, or they will try to make, they'll try to add the other stuff. So again, if, they, if it's something to go to, if it's something that really intrigues you, then I would go. And there are a lot of cool things over there that if you have the faintest interest at all, are going to entertain you. They have a lot of demonstrations that are going on and all that. And uh, I still think one of the things is my 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 wife is a very good baker. And every year I keep thinking when the fair comes up, I go, man, why did I not get her to sign up for one of those bake-offs, which would have been fun. County fair going on this week. Legion baseball in the uh, state tournament. Uh, we're getting to the end of July, though. Here we go, end of July, coming into August, things kind of quieting down again. We've been saying this. It's been a rather quiet summer, even though there's been things for us to talk about. And uh, ratchet it up, because once we get to September, ooh, away we go. Uh, you got to figure. We're going to have some school stuff coming up rather soon. Oh, and uh, obviously the city is starting to talk more about what its referendum is going to look like. On the November ballot, uh, that is one of those things that still hangs out there. The fact the city is going to put out its referendum. What does this do to the Oak Area School District and its planned referendum? And will we get any updates? Well, we should get some updates soon from the school district as to what they're going to do with their referendum. Because at last check, the school board is like, shoot, what are we going to do now? Because the city's already announced they're doing a referendum. 
What are we going to do? Can we partner together? That seems kind of hard. Can we partner our marketing together? That that's a, that that is that is something to keep in mind. But we'll wait for that another day to discuss. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until later this week, so long, everybody.